It is the WMAY Morning News Feed Business in the 217, and we have a special one with the Springfield Business Journal publisher, Michelle Ombi, here on WMAY. I'm Greg Bishop. Michelle, hopefully you had a wonderful holiday, and as we rapidly approach to the new year, where did 2021 go? Yes, it's certainly been a, a busy year, hard to believe, but uh, thinking back, there's been a lot of a lot of changes in Springfield and particularly in the business community over the past year. Many of them positive, some still to be determined, but uh, the one constant is that everything keeps changing, right? Absolutely. And uh, we wanted to take this particular uh, segment here at the tail end of the year to kind of look back at the past 12 months. And the Springfield Business Journal definitely knows what's going on in and around the business community. And I encourage people to stay contacted mm. with, uh, stay connected with the Springfield Business Journal. We'll give you details on how to do that. Uh, but Michelle, you dug into the archives in the past 12 months and you looked at some of the major themes that there were uh, all throughout the year when it comes to various businesses. So we'll start with some of the national businesses that have a Springfield footprint and some of the changes that have happened here. Tell us about it. Right. I think sometimes we uh, we forget that these are national companies where they're just such familiar names to us here in the Springfield community. But uh, looking back almost exactly a year ago in January, uh, Family Video announced that it was going to begin closing down its remaining locations nationwide. Of course, they were very hard hit by COVID and the shutdowns and all that. And, you know, that was kind of the final nail in the coffin, if you will, as far as people transitioning to streaming services rather than the uh, driving to the movie store to rent a video type of thing. But, you know, a lot of folks don't realize Family Video was very, uh, very wise in their real estate acquisitions. And, and quite frankly, over the last five to seven years, they've really been much more of a real estate company than a video rental company. They purchased uh, their real estate in very strategic locations, mostly in smaller, smaller sized towns and cities. Their model was that the video rentals would pay off the mortgage within five years. So then they would own it free and clear. And so what we're starting to see now is just like here, in Springfield, a couple have transitioned to uh, Dollar General stores already. One is going to be a fulfillment center for GoPuff. Um, but they still own all of that real estate, not just in Springfield, but around the country. And uh, I think they will continue to be very profitable if they can enter into some strategic business partnerships there. So that's just one example of uh, a story that uh, has some national significance, but uh, with a Springfield footprint, we have another one with the uh, Springfield Electric Supply Company, locally owned, being a acquired by another company. Yeah, and this one was a little more a uh, little more quiet, but Springfield Electric as you mentioned, they've been a family-owned business since 1932. Of course, Bill and Mary Schneering, they were very well known in the community, a lot of philanthropic efforts and uh, and charitable giving and things over the years. They both passed away in 2020, and even though some of their children were involved in the business, uh, they kind of quietly sold to Sonpar USA, which again is a very actually a, a worldwide company, but a very large national footprint as well in multiple states. So I don't know if we've really seen yet what, if any, changes will be a result of that. The other issue is their uh, headquarters, their Springfield headquarters, they're on 9th Street. Um, at least part of that property is going to be acquired as part of the Springfield Rail Project. So um, no word yet on whether or not they will actually be staying in that location or whether they will be doing some reorganizing of their headquarters as well. Reviewing some of the top business stories with the Springfield Business Journal publisher, Michelle Ombi here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, Business in the 217. We love history here in Springfield. We have a rich and diverse history, and there's been a lot of movement on several fronts. Tell us about every 
everything from Vinegar Hill Mall uh, to what's going on with a campus uh, and more. Right. It, it was a big win for historic preservationists this year, which which doesn't often happen, quite frankly. So it's uh, it's kind of refreshing to see. We started out earlier in the year. Khan's uh, Hospitality Group announced that they were transforming their merchant house space downtown, which had been an antique store and, and home furnishings, into an event space. Uh, but then there was larger news from Khan's uh, later in the year, just a few months ago. They announced that they had purchased the Vinegar Hill Mall complex, which of course has been struggling for, gosh, probably a decade or more now. They were down to their their last tenant, that pawn shop, and they've struggled to uh, to keep other tenants in that complex. But the Khan family has a very strong track record. They've already started cleaning up the exterior of the property. So, you know, it's a big project and they've been honest about the fact that it's going to be done in, in phases, uh, but it's already well underway. And uh, and certainly if anybody can turn that place around, the, the Khan family can. And then the other huge uh, project that we heard about just recently was the Benedictine campus with Tony and Ann Libri taking that on, bringing some other partners in to take on particular buildings. Again, another huge property that's been sitting vacant for some time now, and a lot of people were worried about what would become of that. So between Vinegar Hill Mall and uh, Benedictine, great to see some action there. And then right outside of Springfield in uh, Petersburg, we heard earlier this year that uh, Douglas Pope, who's a Springfield native, or I'm sorry, a Petersburg native, he returned to the area during COVID um, and, you know, began working remotely as a lot of folks have done now. And he had a very ambitious uh, project budgeted at around $3 million to transform the town square, including the historic broad gauge building. Of course, uh, Corey and Emily uh, Falcon, who previously operated Long Nine downtown, that restaurant had closed during COVID, but then they actually made the move to Petersburg. They currently live there and they have now opened a new restaurant and are anchoring that broad gauge building. So I haven't been able to make the trip yet to Petersburg to see it, but I understand it opened just a couple weeks ago and uh, the pictures look fantastic. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. The food Top notch. Uh, looking forward to heading back out there uh, as they uh, reflect on uh, the opening night and uh, taking steps towards uh, more service. Uh, so we'll see what happens with uh, Broad Gage and other historic properties uh, as this past year did bring about some pretty uh, incredible things of uh, entrepreneurs t- stepping up and uh, working to secure those properties. Uh, other things from the past 12 months that have been pretty exciting, uh, of course, here in Springfield and the surrounding area, we've got a vibrant medical industry. Um, we've seen some expansion there. Tell us about it. Right. And again, I, I think a lot of Springfield uh, residents take this for granted, but we are definitely a regional destination when it comes to uh, all things medical. Um, we've seen a lot of activity from the various institutions. Earlier this year, St. John's held uh, a reopening for their NICU. They doubled the square footage of their uh, NICU and added some additional features there. Um, Springfield Clinic, our office is uh, on the same block as Springfield Clinic's main campus. So all we have to do is look out the window. It's just a constant flurry of activity and construction sites. They've been acquiring all kinds of properties surrounding their main campus and uh, have a number of things in the works there. Of course, just recently, we heard about uh, Springfield Memorial Hospital purchasing the uh, former Homestyle Inn there at First and Carpenter. That is now in the final stages of demolition and and cleanup. And they say that they have no immediate plans, but there will be a a signature project there within the next few years. And then we also just recently heard about 
Bikes first purchasing the former Shop and Save building on North Grand and partnering with Memorial to be a tenant in that property for a workforce development program. So a lot of really exciting things. And and again, a great way to transform some of those vacant or dilapidated properties. And uh, you can always count on the medical institutions to be be looking at ongoing construction and uh, things like that. Reviewing some of the top business stories from the past 12 months with Michelle Lombi. She's the publisher of the Springfield Business Journal here on the WMAY Morning News Feed Business in the 217. Uh, And now let's look at some leadership changes that have happened here locally Uh, and uh, some people uh, being moved into certain positions and uh, leading these organizations that we've come to know and love. Tell us what we've got. Right. So earlier this year, uh, Lisa Clemenstadt announced she was stepping down from DSI and after a a relatively short, uh, short search and interview process, Kayla Graven was announced as her successor. Of course, Kayla had already been working at DSI, so already knew the the ropes and was a familiar name to most in the business community. And, you know, things seem to be going very well there. DSI still has a lot of exciting initiatives in the works. And of course, the holiday season is always a big time for DSI, particularly with the uh, Memorial Festival of Trees moving downtown this year and trying to generate some additional business for those stores and, uh, and restaurants downtown. And then, of course, Mike Murphy just took the helm of the Greater Springfield Chamber of Commerce. Uh, it had been announced pretty far in advance that Chris Hembro was going to be stepping down at the end of November. And, and again, they had a fairly extensive search process and Mike ended up resigning from his house seat. Um, you know, so he's only been in that role for a couple of weeks at this point. But uh, given his previous business experience as a, a small business owner, I mean, I, I will tell you, I've heard nothing but, but positive things. He seems to be very well thought of and obviously has a lot of connections on the political side as well, which never hurts. So I think uh, I think Kayla and Mike both seem to be a very good fit for their new roles. Just some of what's happened in the past 12 months. And I'm pretty impressed, Michelle, that you were able to get all this squeezed into one <laughs> segment. So uh, greatly appreciate all the work Springfield Business Journal does uh, to let everybody know what's going on in and around the Springfield business community. Uh, tell us how people can stay plugged in. Definitely go to our website, springfieldbusinessjournal.com and get signed up for BizBytes. That's the weekly newsletter and it's free of charge with a roundup of what's happening each week. Or of course, you can also sign up for the print edition and make sure you're getting getting that delivered to your home or office each month. It's business in the 217 on the WMAY morning news feed. Happy New Year, Michelle. Thanks, Greg. You too.